Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes Welcome to another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos Of course Thank y'all so much For joining me On another episode Man I'm, I'm actually Really excited about About this episode Not to say that I don't You know Love the other episodes That I've done But this one man uh, This has been on my list This particular topic That we're going to talk about um, has it been on my list since the beginning of, of when I decided to want to do this podcast? And it's a lot of it is, is definitely like a really good kind of base for, for why I started wanting to do life as a gringo um, and kind of like a really good kind of synopsis for where I'm at in my life right now. Uh, and, and this is uh, the conversation of, of getting back to your roots. And now just felt like the, the perfect time, especially with what we're seeing with the Olympics, um, of course, with a uh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn winning the gold on behalf of Puerto Rico and some of the uh, opinions that have come out of that, both good and bad, um, because she is somebody who was born here in the States, but uh, is repping Puerto Rico. And you have a lot of people kind of questioning her, her authenticity, as well as a lot of people also celebrating her, of course. And this kind of just felt like the perfect launching point to kind of get into this topic of, of, you know, as you become an adult and as you start to develop, you know, kind of where you want to be in your life and who you want to be, I should say, um, for me, that that meant going back to my roots and, and really discovering some of my history um, and, and and allowing that to kind of really help me shape who I wanted to be and how I wanted to move in this world. So that's what we'll be talking about today um, on the show. I'll also be having a, a guest on today's show. Um, so my guy, Dean Huertas, uh, who we, we connected randomly on Instagram, and it's been amazing to see his growth over this last year. Um, 
He's an activist and he's become very popular on TikTok for his Puerto Rico centered content. Uh, but what's interesting about him is he recently moved uh, to Puerto Rico to move. He moved to, uh, to live on the island. But he is like me from New York. He, he is a, a New Yorkian like me. So I wanted to, to have him on and, and give his perspective because I feel like he can relate to so much of what I'm talking about, so much of like what the meaning of this podcast is. And then also when it comes to what we saw with the Olympics and, and some of the you know good responses and some of the backlash that was, was happening for, for Jasmine as she took home gold. And also just his story is fascinating to me of, of like him being miserable you know, here in New York and feeling this calling to kind of go back to, to where his ancestors are from um, to essentially kind of free himself and, and find his, his happiness. So uh, I'm really excited to have him on and to kind of share his story a bit and get his perspective on, on all that we're talking about as well. And of course, we'll also do our Ask a Gringo as we do every, uh, every show. Um, so I put out some questions for, for my Instagram followers for them to answer. And I think I got a couple of people who want to ask me a question as well. So we'll get into all that. Uh, before we do that, though, of course, let's start the show as we always do with a bit of a deep dive. We'll focus in on uh, on Jasmine Camacho Quinn and her story of uh, winning Olympic gold for Puerto Rico. And I'll also kind of give you, um, you know, uh, a little bit of a deeper insight than I've had a chance to on, on the show so far um, about my own story and, and how I've kind of come to this place of like really finding my voice and being comfortable in, in my own skin. So we'll do all that right now in a segment we like to call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. So at this point, I, I think everybody has seen this because uh, in typical Puerto Rican fashion, we are out here loud and proud about this. So Jasmine Camacho Quinn, she is the second gold medalist ever for Puerto Rico as she won the 100 meter hurdle at the Tokyo Olympics. Now, Jasmine, an incredible athlete, an incredible story, of course, as pretty, pretty much anything in this world that we're living in right now has some sort of backlash, right? Because she was actually born here in the state. She was born in uh, North Charleston, South Carolina. Um, but she decided that she wanted to compete on behalf of Puerto Rico. She felt a calling in her heart to compete on behalf of Puerto Rico, which, if you ask me, I think is absolutely just fucking beautiful. I mean, if I ever was, like, an Olympic athlete, you know, if, like, napping was an Olympic sport, I would definitely be Olympic level, and I would 110% compete on behalf of Puerto Rico. Um but in typical internet fashion, we live in a world where everybody has an opinion and everybody has a fucking platform to spew that opinion, no matter how dumb it might be. She did get some backlash from people on the island like who were like, oh, she doesn't even speak Spanish. And any other dumb kind of thing that people like to say, uh, this is what makes you Latin. They can insert that, you know, um, even with her, she is a black woman. You know, she's an Afro Latina. And with that comes its own form of controversies here. Uh, somehow still in 2021, um, being black and Latin is still something people have a hard time wrapping their brain around, which I, I really don't understand. But at the end of the day, controversy aside, Jasmine made a decision based upon what was in her heart and she went with it. And now the island of Puerto Rico has a gold medalist to celebrate. And trust me, the majority are celebrating heavily. But I found it to be super interesting because it's obvious that Jasmine uh, is on this path or was on this path of really getting down to her roots and, and feeling it in her bones, you know, getting getting familiar with herself in a real way and understanding who she is and where she comes from. And uh, 
I wish that I I had uh, come to this kind of place in my life at at the age of 24, which uh, Jasmine is. Uh, sadly, it took me a bit longer, but still, I think like many of us, as you get older and as you start really looking for for more meaning in your life, um, you start kind of trying to to figure out, you know, what would bring you the most fulfillment or what type of person you want to be. What do you stand for? You know, um, especially those of us like myself who are unable to kind of turn off that like inner voice that is about like self-reflection and constantly chattering in the background. But I know for me, like, like, listen, I grew up going to Puerto Rico every single summer. You know, my dad being born and raised there would take us all around the island. Like I know all the spots in, on the island, you know, for the most part, uh, for somebody who doesn't actually live there. You know, I have so many fond memories of it. I was grew, I was brought up having so much pride for being Puerto Rican. But definitely as you get older, a lot of these things kind of sort of become like your parents' traditions almost, you know, and, and you kind of uh, start going on this this phase of like self-exploration. And, and I can, um, you know, definitely honestly say like, you know, for a while I didn't have much interest in necessarily like being that involved in my roots or just finding out the history, you know, it was kind of like the base that was set for me as a kid was kind of good enough for me. And I was off doing my own thing, you know, and I, I definitely when I was younger, I guess, didn't realize the importance of, of, of knowing your roots and and being in touch with them and just how incredible that is for your spirit. You know, um, I think for me, you know, obviously I'm a musician and a DJ and, and, and music has been a part of my life forever. So the music was something that always kept me attached. And, and uh, for me, after like the kind of like first reggaeton phase that happened when it came like Daddy Yankee and Teco Cotron and um, Don Omar, all that kind of stuff. Like once that kind of faded out, I-, I feel like a lot of my sort of attachment to the island as far as really being active towards it um, definitely kind of kind of slipped away into the background a little bit, you know, uh, if I'm being completely honest. And, and it really was seeing Hurricane Maria that I think like shook up something inside of me and just kind of made me realize something that was lacking, you know. I mean, obviously, just seeing the destruction, seeing the places that I grew up visiting, um, you know, having been destroyed, seeing the pain in people's faces and and hearing it in their voices and people that look like me and my family. That was something that shook me to my core. It's something I I really can't verbalize completely, but it definitely woke something up in me that, you know, I realized, man, I've been I've been missing this, you know, this like feeling of connection to something so much bigger than yourself, you know. Um, But even at that point, like, I didn't know what the hell to do with it. You know what I mean? It, it was just feelings at that point. I didn't know how I I didn't know how I had a place in all of it. You know, I just knew I cared. Um, and life is funny because I'm a firm believer that if we like if we if we were to look at life from a whole, like if we had the ability to kind of zoom out on our entire life, like we would see it play out like a movie, you know, like all the ups and downs that you go through um, generally lead you to like this this grandiose moment. I'm a firm believer in that, you know, and it doesn't feel that way as it's happening. But like retrospectively if we look back on our life like damn like all those little things both good and bad led me to this place that i'm at right now you know and it all played out so perfectly um and i say all that because what's funny is that around the time of hurricane maria you know on the on the heels of that devastation happening was when i started working with the breakfast club and i and i like i said i think life really just is like a movie you know it's like creates these perfect storms sometimes you're talking about you know the devastation of the island you know kind of like waking waking up something in me me being an age where i really was like you know able to handle the type of growth that i eventually would would take on and then being at a place like the breakfast club where you're around people who are so unapologetically themselves and and are so dedicated to speaking to their community you know what i mean like the breakfast club is unapologetically black you know 
um, really speaking to the issues of the, of the black community and wanting to both educate and advocate on behalf of. So I think having been around that, having had this this moment happen uh, of this awakening, you know, in, in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria, it really was like this perfect timing for me to start finding my voice and finding just kind of where I could fit into all of this stuff, you know, and also just finding confidence because being around people like that who are so confident in their opinions and it's not necessarily always the popular opinion that they might have um, allowed me to realize like, man, like I don't have to kind of bend myself for anyone. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can be me. I can stand up for what I believe in and I could still find success. You know, I don't have to try and fit into other people's standards. And it's very easy to do that in, in radio, you know, um, where the, the brand is always bigger than you, the personality, generally speak, you know, it's easy to, to kind of feel like you have to kind of fit into what they're doing and you have to kind of leave a, a part of yourself behind, you know, um, and for anybody that doesn't know that I, I was, you know, on their personality as well, aside from just being a producer and board operator for the Breakfast Club. So, you know, there's a lot of things like that that were being drilled into me that maybe made me kind of hesitant or really deep diving into who I truly was. And the Breakfast Club kind of kicked down that door and, and gave me just that big, you know, uh, I don't know, that battery in my back that was like, bro, you can be whoever the fuck you want to be. And and if you're good enough um, and you're you're educated on your topics enough and you're and you're, you know, just going hard enough, somebody will pay attention and you will have a place to express yourself, you know, and obviously this podcast is proof of that. But it is work, you know, like I, I like when I talk about, you know, digging deep into my roots. I don't just mean like visiting. I don't just mean like, you know, eating the food and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I mean, like reading up on the history, you know, um, and, and really understanding our culture. And listen, this stuff I got to work on. Obviously, I talk about this a lot. We're like my Spanish is absolutely trash. And it's a goal of mine to get better at that, to be far more fluent in it. Um, but at the same time, I don't allow that to define me and my authenticity anymore. You know, I'll be real. Like when I was younger, that was something I was so self-conscious of. And and I didn't you know, know how to counteract when somebody would be like, oh, well, you're a fake Puerto Rican because you don't speak Spanish. You know, like I didn't have an answer for that. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of like, I guess I am right. Like, I guess I am not a real Puerto Rican. You know, there were a lot of times where I felt like that. I didn't know where the hell I fit in. I mean, shit, that's kind of a lot of the basis of what this podcast is about. And I say all that to say, like, I'm not, you know, sitting here on my high horse, like, you know, uh, I've, I've have it all figured out. And I'm now like the perfect specimen of like, Latino or whatever, whatever somebody's idea of perfect is. But all I'm saying is like, I found what makes sense to me. And I and I've understood the fact that things like not being able to speak perfect Spanish do not identify my authenticity. You know, um, no one can identify what my authenticity is for me. You know, whatever I feel in my heart is real, you know, and it's real for me. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but myself, you know, doesn't have to make sense to my family back on the island um, who might look down on me because I don't know how to speak Spanish properly, you know, regardless of what they're what they're thinking of me when when they you know hear me uh, fumble over trying to speak Spanish or not understand what they're saying at times when I'm visiting it doesn't change the fact that I am who I am you know what I mean like I'm Puerto Rican I'm somebody who advocates for my community um, and that's something I will always do and that's always going to be at the center of everything that I do and uh, to me that always will be far more important than me being able to um, speak Spanish in a perfect uh, in a perfect sense or to the standards of like somebody else you know. And that's kind of why I tied in like the Jasmine uh, Gamacho Quinn story with the Olympics, because I can relate to her story so much. You know, I think it's so empowering to see somebody who who just went along with like what they felt in their gut and, and it ended up leading them towards this incredible, incredible journey. And more on that type of journey in a second. But let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en, en riesgo, riesgo de, de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, we're back and, and kind of talking about, you know, when you're trusting your gut and what happens when you end up trusting your gut. The moment that I stopped trying to blend in with everybody else, the moment I stopped trying to be what others were telling me I needed to be is a moment when shit really started to roll for me. You know, it's the, it's the moment when I started to find an audience. And, and before that, it's the moment that I found my own voice. You know, it's, it's me finding comfort in my own skin because I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about my, my authenticity. You know, that's no, that's not for them to judge. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And I hope that so many of you guys can kind of get to that place of, of finding that, that confidence in yourself. And just being unapologetically yourself, it's such a beautiful thing. And, and I think the moment you start finding that and you start diving into that is, is when you're truly going to be walking in your purpose. And not to say that it's not going to be difficult. Like, listen, I've had some some big brands or big names um, in the entertainment industry that I have, uh, you know, 
worked for or tried to work for that have maybe pushed back against the things that I believe in and the topics that I want to talk about and the way that I want to speak about them, you know. And while it's not always easy to turn down a bag or to to, um, you know, walk away from what seems to be a good situation from the outside looking in, you have to sometimes in order to stay true to yourself and, and in staying true to myself. So many fucking opportunities have come about. Like I mentioned, this podcast, you know, it's all a result of me embracing who I am. Like, who would honestly be like, want to call themselves a gringo? Like, you know how much shit I get about that for like, why would you call yourself a gringo? Why would you start a podcast calling yourself a gringo? It's because I'm just owning the bullshit of the world. Like, there's nothing you can do or say to me that will will change how I feel about myself and the view that I have on the world. And And that's such a powerful, powerful thing. And in doing so, I'm relating to so many other people who share my experience. Like, I see the DMs. You know, I try to respond to that stuff. I see you guys responding to this. Like, man, I've, I've grown up the same exact way. I'm so glad there's now a platform for that. So that's kind of what my point is. Like, the more you start diving into yourself and owning who you are and being truly unapologetically yourself is the moment that things will really start to pop off for you, especially in a way that feels very fulfilling. Because obviously there are people who maybe are are superficial or are putting on a, a, a certain mask when it comes to their job or their career, and they might be successful financially doing that. But for me, what I actually, you know, deem to be successful, actual fulfillment, that comes from the moment that you're actually able to be genuinely yourself and authentically yourself in your everyday life and the people that you come into contact with throughout the course of your life. And the moment you're able to find that confidence to be yourself, like I said, is the moment that shit really starts to pop off for you. And my guest today is actually a perfect example of that. I mean, uh, I'll allow him to, to explain his story, but you're talking about somebody who a year ago was talking about being miserable here in living in New York and and decided, you know what, he's going to go and, and do what his heart is calling him to do and move to Puerto Rico. And now he's literally living his best life over there. You know what I mean? Like like he really changed his life for the for the better because he's really just being his authentic self and not caring what anybody else has to say. And he's seeing the results of it. So we're going to get actually into my my interview with Dean Huertas now uh, for the Mi Gente segment of the show. I'm really excited to kind of hear his perspective and see you know, what his mindset is if we share some of the same ideas, uh, which I kind of think we do on, on all that I'm talking about. All right, so my guest on today's show is an activist and uh, and somebody who's just absolutely killing it on TikTok with a lot of his Puerto Rico-centered content. My guy, Dean Huerta. How we feeling, bro? Good, I'm good, man. Staying alive, staying blessed. How about I love how, how it. things on your end, man? Man, everything is good over here. I see you got the flags flying proudly, which I love. Uh, yes, man, I, uh, I I talked about early in the show, um, obviously, the Olympics and, of course, the hero of the Olympics for, for Puerto Rico. You had uh, Jasmine uh, Camacho Quinn, right, winning gold for us. Um, so oh, yeah. I gave I gave my perspective, uh, my basically my New Yorkian perspective, right, from from being mm-hmm. over here in the in the states. But I mean, you're over there living on the island. I saw your video you posted of everybody just going crazy uh, when they yeah. saw the, the reaction. So I mean, let's quickly kind of start off with what has it been like in Puerto Rico? I mean, what is the response that you've been seeing surrounding this whole Olympics thing and obviously the gold medal? Well, honestly, like it's just been beautiful. It's just been like it's honestly that it was like a a moment where it wasn't just a one-on-one type of thing. It was more like a one and like five other uh, competitors trying to yeah. reach for that gold medal. Yeah. And everybody was just like rooting for Jasmine, like going crazy, going crazy. It was more of like seeing her and seeing our nation 
yeah. in first place winning that gold medal, you know, and that was right. just goosebumps and like beauty everywhere around it, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's beautiful to see, but it also, I feel like, had a, maybe a little bit of controversy because she wasn't actually born on the island, right? So I feel like right. you have some people, I mean, this is kind of, this dates back to before our time. My dad was born and raised in Puerto Rico and like still calls me and my mom in New York. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's still hey, hey. this kind of I notion. Of those, right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you get it and you're, and you're actually living out there. I mean, at first, so she's not born, in, wasn't born in Puerto Rico. She's born here in the States. Um, so right. there kind of was a little bit of a pushback, I feel like on the island a little bit from some people when it came yeah. to her wanting to represent Puerto Rico. I mean, can you kind of speak to what you've been hearing? Um, so there was um, there was a couple of, like, uh, television broadcasts and folks mm-hmm. saying, like, man, like, that she doesn't even speak Spanish or that she wasn't even, like, born and raised here or she wasn't developed here. And then there's right. people from the States, too, that were also kind of gatekeeping that, uh, sure. her, her identity from her. But right. at the end of the day, I saw it more, and a lot of others saw it more, is that she did what she did in the States and yet she still chose to mm. represent Puerto Rico, you know, and that right. speaks volumes, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I, to me, that, that makes it that much more beautiful. You know what I mean? And not to say exactly. somebody native born on the island, it's not beautiful to have them representing the Olympics, but to have somebody here who also recognizes their roots and feels such a strong connection to it, you know, um, to me is just a, a, a beautiful kind of thing. I mean, for you, I, I saw you had posted this, um, this video on your Instagram and it's probably on your TikTok where you were celebrating your one year of moving to the island, right? Moving from New York. Um, I mean, did you experience any sort of backlash when you first moved over there being, you know, somebody from, from New York? Honestly, um, not so much like in person. It was, if if there was, I just never paid mind to it. Sure. But it was also more of like me advocating for my identity and more Mm -hmm. me advocating for, for Puerto Rico. That was more folks, on social media mm. that one always wanted to put their two cents and that the backlash right. was more, and it was always Puerto Ricans that were from the States too. And they mm. always uh, say that, um, Oh, well, they don't claim you. Like we don't claim you uh, stuff, but they're the ones that are living in the States too. So it's more right. like of a self-hatred identity crisis. That right. Have for, for, for me probably being New Yorkian and being with Puerto Rican roots, like living right. in Puerto Rico and immersing myself fully into la cultura that that's that's rightfully mine you know yeah i mean you brought up a great point when you talk about this almost like self-hatred right it, it, it's almost like we are at times our own worst enemies you know what i mean because exactly you you even see people like giving you know giving crap to like aoc who's like you know trying to do the work to to really be an advocate as best as she can you know um and even she's getting backlash you know about like oh but you're not from here don't speak on here you know but it's like Somebody exactly. has to be there to, to who's actually has the platform and, and it has the seat and has the guts to stand up against, the, right. you know, the, the government here. You know, it's, it's just interesting how that works. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's like I, I've noticed as, you know, as the more I've been in my activism and the more mm-hmm. I've been like part of the community, I, I've always noticed that there's it's just this is a never ending thing. There's always going to be. Well, if it's not this, then it's that. Or if you're mm-hmm. not this, then it's that. And it's it's just a never ending process. And I think. um being also raised from New York, we're also taught to also have that tough skin to get ready sure. for whatever people throw at you in your face, you know? Right. And I feel like that's, and my New York identity still stays with me, even mm-hmm. while I'm here too. Not only in how um, I present myself, but how I talk and my mannerisms and stuff like sure. that. And like my identity, a part of my identity that's still in New York, it carries with me here. So right. it's never really been like um, something new 
per se, just more like a different approach on how people want to backlash and talk their stuff. Right, right. Of course. I mean, let, let's get into your story a little bit, though, because it, it was fascinating. So you, you talked about how you were basically miserable uh, this time last year in New York and you decided to, to make that move. I mean, kind of take me through that a little bit. Yeah. So in my my goal since when um, 2018, when I finished college in Rhode Island, you know, yeah. I always like dreamt of me living there, me having a future there, me envisioning everything, my everything I want there. But living in 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 New York, in the States and waking up like still I would wake up first thing in the morning. And I would just think, like, what's going to happen, like, with Puerto Rico? Like, what's going on? There's always something new. Like, I always had that in the back of my head. And I still right. have that sometimes here. Even though I live here, I still have that. It's just, like, of being a part of the community. Like, I could do more. I could mm. do more. And stuff like that. But I was having that in the States, in New York, you know? And I was going yeah. to these jobs. And I'm just dealing with, the, uh, you know, working with uh, customers. I did several jobs. I was hopping around. I was trying to really find my niche. Sure. And every job that I've been to, it's, like, nothing lasted more than three months. Every, like... Like the longest job was probably like six months in New York. Yeah. And even then I'm just like, I, it wasn't enough. I didn't feel like it was enough me being here, even though it was my city. It is my city, you know, but yeah. I always, I always had a stronger connection with being like in Puerto Rico because I've been going there since I was little. So right. as I've been going there back and forth when I was young, long family vacation stays or long stays and um, working up to, um, to the, um, what do you say, to the goal of actually trying to move this to getting accustomed to the Puerto Rican lifestyle versus the New York lifestyle, you know? Right. And when I made the first move, when I made the official move, I was already like living there like for a couple months, um, a couple years ago, getting used to it. So mm -hmm. I already left all my belongings here. I left all my personal stuff here. Yeah. I, left, I, like, I left everything here. So when I moved here, it was more like finally that one-way ticket out of New York, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, all right, so we're going to take a, a quick break and then we'll have more with Dean when we come back. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. All right, we are back. I'm still kicking it with Dean Huertas. And, um, man, it's interesting. And uh, I don't know if you have the same thing, but like you, I grew up going to Puerto Rico every summer. You know, like I said, my dad was born and raised there. We would spend, you know, weeks or months there every single summer, you know, going all around the island. Um, and it was like my dad took pride in, like, showing me every aspect of Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Like that, he's very, very much uh, your typical prideful Puerto Rican. You're very proud of the island and want to make sure I was as well. But also... I, I think, you know, you also look at these things when you're young. It's like, oh, it's my parents thing. You know what I mean? It's like listening to mm-hmm. music in the car with them. It's like, oh, right, yeah, Mark Anthony is my parents music. And it's not until <laughs> you get older, you know, that you're like, yo, I really like Mark Anthony. You know what I mean? Like you can really yeah, appreciate yeah, 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 yeah. it. But I mean, for Lovely. you, like, did you kind of start feeling as you got older, like this calling, like that you really wanted to get more and more connected with your roots? Definitely. It was definitely more of just like seeing where my family comes from. Mm. And not only like figuring like where my family comes from, but like, why did they leave in the first place? Like, why, mm. why did, why is there such a big New Yorkian diaspora in like in New York or sure. in the Northeast or in Florida? Like, I was thinking like, why is that? Why is that? So then I started doing my historical research. I looked up a lot of like historic, like dark history that happened with USA and Puerto Rico right. and stuff. And a lot of people like Puerto Ricans like already grew up with that mindset to grow up, um, graduate school, and then just leave historically and that's still mm. how it is sometimes to the day like oh you grow up getting ready for school then i'm gonna move out like right. and that's just how it's been and seeing that how i've been able to manage myself in new york um i lived in miami for a while too and i lived in panama uh for three months uh on internship and seeing mm. that like the lifestyle is not that different from anywhere else you know where you want right. to live and stuff so i'm like if i can like i can do it here I don't want to do it here in New York. You know, I, right. I felt like it was, it, I didn't feel like I was with my people at, at that point. I couldn't really relate to mm-hmm. not, not a lot of Latinos that I just felt like um, in, in some ways, you know, but I was like, well, I just want to do it. And like, I feel like, you know, I said to myself, yo, I really only have one life and I don't want to have, I want to have a life envisioning something that I'm never going to do. I'd rather just mm. get up and just go from there and just do it, you know? Yeah. No, that, so, that's beautiful. From there. But man, listen, uh, where can people follow you? I mean, I know you're super active on TikTok. Uh, where yeah. can people follow you? Um, follow me at Dean Huertas, um, D-E-A-N-H-U-E-R-T-A-S. And then my Instagram profile, I'm always posting of what I'm doing every day, like with uh, terms of like community work or wherever, like um, I'm finding new spots to hang out in Puerto Rico. That's um, Huertas Dean PR on Instagram. Um, so really appreciate it. Um, for me talking to you today, honestly, bro, it's been a, a, a pleasure. It was good to catch up with you too, though, you know? Yeah, man. Absolutely, bro. So, yeah, I appreciate you for hopping on, bro. We'll definitely uh, we'll definitely chat soon. Definitely, definitely, man. Thank you so much. 
Man, big thank you once again to Dean for hopping on here. I loved hearing his story. I think it's so inspiring. I hope that it kind of, you know, maybe wakes some of y'all up to, to take some risks uh, that you're feeling in your heart. And with that said, it's now that part of the show where I interact with y'all, the listeners, my followers, um, and I do it via Instagram. I'll usually put out a question uh, and, and read your answers in the show, or I will have you ask me a question and I will answer it on the show uh, for a segment we call Ask a Gringo. Ask a Gringo. All right, so this is a segment we obviously do with every single show. Um, I allow you guys, the listeners, anybody that follows me, I want you all to be a part of the show. So at DJ Dramos on Instagram, I will always pose a question uh, in conjunction with the topic for the show that I'm doing. And this week, uh, I asked people, um, have they tried to connect with their roots? And if so, why? So I want to read a few different responses uh, that, that I got here. So at it's underscore Jenny 19 said, Yes, don't want culture to disappear with future generations just because we live in the U.S. And I absolutely love this one. Uh, she has a, a Mexican flag. It looks like flying over there. So salute to, to all our, uh, our Mexican listeners, our Mexican brothers and sisters. Um, and I agree. And I, I, I really, it's not something you realize, I feel like, until you get a little bit older, just how important it is to keep that culture alive. You know, um, I, I know that like, I would complain like as a little kid about the food that my mom would make, you know, how we eat rice and beans so much and all these different things. Um, But now I'm so grateful for it, you know, because I cherish it. I cherish those meals because I realize the connection that it has to not only my upbringing, but like, man, my parents, parents and their parents, parents and just generation after generation, you know, who have been like perfecting the craft of cooking these meals, um, you know, from from our native island. And it's just a, a beautiful thing, you know, so. Um, and even I, I mentioned this on my first episode where I call out my dad for uh, not bringing home certain uh, Puerto Rican traditions like Three Kings Day, you know, um, around around the holidays. You know, that's not something that carried over. Um, my dad celebrated when he was a kid, but not something he brought with me. And and it's something that I plan on on, you know, learning about and celebrating with my kids when I eventually have some because um, I, I, I agree. I think it is incredibly important to keep that culture alive, you know, um, keep the spirit of our of, of our ancestors alive, the people who have come here before us, um, just because it is something to be celebrated, right? Like, it's such a beautiful thing to think that we have a culture that has lasted from generation to generation, you know, and lasted from like persecution, you know, from so many terrible things historically that have happened to our people. And we've still managed to keep aspects of our culture alive. And I just think that that's an incredibly beautiful thing. And um, it's definitely something that I want to be able to continue to contribute to the world and, and to keep alive um, as best that I can. At L.Mac86 said, yes, but I'm adopted by a loving family who wasn't educated about my culture to teach me. And I, I'm sorry to hear that, but I also think that that's like an incredible reminder for, for those of us who were brought up by our biological parents or by people who were of the same culture and who were educated on it. Like how lucky we are, like how fucking lucky are we that, you know, our, our family, even if it, you know, like I, I make fun of my parents for not teaching me certain things, but, but at the end of the day, they taught me enough that I can kind of go and run with it and do the work if I want to, you know, and I have a good starting place. Like that's such a beautiful thing. And we have to understand that, you know, um, and uh, L, I feel for you on that because yeah, I can only imagine how probably that might feel a bit lonely at times, right? Like, you know, that you you look like you're of a certain culture, but 
you're you have a, a lack of connection to it, unfortunately, because, you know, you weren't brought up around it or brought up around uh, people who were educated on it to kind of school you on on, you know, different traditions in your own culture. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of definitely puts a lot of things in perspective, even just for me, like, man, like it's incredibly important for me to celebrate and embrace uh, my family's culture and, and history because um, there's so many people out there who uh, are unable to do that just because they don't have that immediate connection to it. At Sal underscore or underscore Chava said, um, somewhat, we are first generation Mexican-Americans and have been conditioned to be more American than uh, Mexican. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand that. Obviously, that's similar to my background. You know, I'm definitely like a New Yorker, so um, I've been Americanized quite a bit. But at the same time, I think it's it's up to us, you know, like just like I feel like I took kind of some of that responsibility of like, yo, like I want to develop a connection. I want to educate myself. Um, I think all of us should be doing that, you know, to a degree, because your parents might have done that. You, you might have been brought up to be more Americanized. But I, I think our parents do stuff like that to be easier, especially especially when you're coming from a place like Mexico, which uh, sadly has such a stigma about it in this country. Right. Um, your parents really were just trying to do their best to like give you the opportunity to be successful here in America. And a part of that is um, trying to fit in. You know what I mean? A part of that, sadly, is trying to come across as more American, you know, um, so that you weren't judged uh, for being Mexican and that you didn't have a lack of opportunity uh, because you were Mexican. So, I mean, I definitely can understand um, that sentiment, but I think it's a, it's also up to our generation to kind of correct some of those mistakes and, and, and um, especially as this world hopefully begins to move to a more inclusive place, um, you know, understanding that's something that should be celebrated, that our diversity should be celebrated rather than um, something that should uh, make us a, a target for, for negativity. At J underscore Fro 90 said uh, 100%. But to be fair, it's always been me to be interested in my family's history and where my roots reach. Um, and then he also followed up with a, a longer message elaborating, kind of talking about how his grandparents would show him his, um, his family tree and all that kind of stuff. And that's a beautiful thing, man. I can only imagine, too, it's, it's tough for people raising kids to know what, I guess, you're trying to teach them and all these different things. Um, but that's a beautiful thing that you, on your own, have wanted to know your your history. You know, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of my connection uh, outside of just going to, to Puerto Rico when I was younger, um, a lot of my my feelings for it come from my grandmother, you know, my, my dad's um, mother. She's the reason why I even understand Spanish fluently, you know, um, and, you know, even able to talk the Spanish I am able to talk she was teaching me at a very young age you know so she was making sure that i had a connection to it so yeah that's just a a, a beautiful thing um i believe he has, he said it was his grandparents that that were teaching him stuff so I, all that stuff is beautiful and listen it, there's nothing wrong with asking you know i wouldn't hold guilt over like um your parents or your grandparents because they didn't like knowingly come out and just try and educate you on like history you know especially when we're young man like let's be real the last thing you want to do is sit down and listen like old tales from our from our parents a lot of times you know um, so I think it's a beautiful thing that you had the ability to ask them and they definitely were able to kind of show you some stuff at, uh, rig Q underscore suave three said, yes, I started cooking authentic dishes from my roots and decided to make a business about it. I think this is absolutely beautiful because I think that partially this is something that resonates with me because even though my business is like talking and having a podcast and things like that. Um, like I kind of had mentioned earlier, like when I really started diving into my roots and and wanting to make that very much so a part of the man that I am, that's when shit started to happen for me. So I don't know. There's just like a synergy about it when you're really falling in line with like who you are and walking in your purpose that like 
stuff really starts to to happen for you. So um, that's a beautiful thing that you were able to kind of like get this this itch to want to like you know learn about authentic cooking from from your culture. And now it's something that you've been able to turn into a business. I just think that's that's perfection right there, man. That's like the the dream. All right. So for this next part, I asked people if there was any questions that they had for me uh, concerning this topic that we're talking about. You know, finding your roots. It's underscore Jenny 19 ask, what are you doing to connect with your roots? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think for starters, it, a lot of it was like going back into the history of, of where I come from in the history of Puerto Rico. Um, and that means just reading books, you know, uh, War Against All Puerto Ricans. Um, uh, what, uh, let me see. The Battle for Paradise was another one. Um, really just learning about like the good and bad of what happened to to my people and, and our story, you know, and you start realizing a lot of of, you know, history has been left out when it comes to our people. Um, even like the Young Lords, you know, I, I didn't mention them earlier in the show, but um, the Young Lords who were a, uh, a, a, you know, social and political party um, from the 70s who, who marched alongside the Black Panthers, they were uh, comprised uh, of primarily Puerto Ricans. But they were standing up for their people, and and um and and that was definitely like a big thing for me when I discovered them. That really uh sent me down this rabbit hole of trying to educate myself on so much history that I feel like has been hidden from us. And then obviously outside of that, it's just trying to stay in touch with what's going on. You know, I try and and, and follow pages um on like Instagram and stuff that are giving me news from Puerto Rico or just giving me news from the Latin community in general, so that I can stay up to date on what is happening and what's affecting our people. And then also. You know, even as an adult, you know, pre-pandemic, I was, you know, making it a goal of mine to travel to Puerto Rico a minimum of two times a year. You know, um, I had actually had a flight booked for Puerto Rico uh, to, to travel back my second time in 2020. Um, right, like literally, you know, right when everything started shutting down. Um, so my, my plan is once things kind of start going back to normal to, to be able to do that again. But um, yeah, all that. I went, just trying to like really engulf myself in the culture, you know, um, even now, just like with the Internet using Instagram to connect with people. I mean, Dean was one of those people who I connected with via Instagram. I'm always just like following random people that I see um, from Puerto Rico or of the culture that I think are doing interesting things. And a lot of that stuff allows me to kind of really just have this connection to it and stay tapped into everything um, that that is happening, you know, in Puerto Rico and, and, and happening that's attached to Puerto Rico. Okay, Jen, you had two questions. It's underscore J19 also said, uh, anything you want to pass on to your kids slash grandkids if you choose to have them? Um, I mean, I want to pass down all of it, to be honest with you, all of it, the food, the politics, the social issues, the history. Um, but most importantly, I want to pass down that same pride that was passed down to me from my father, because to me, that's the base of it all. Because I think in this country, it's very easy for people to um, to try and bring you down because you are a minority, especially when I was younger. I mean, this idea of like, Puerto Ricans being dirty or lesser than or lazy or whatever the case may be. Um, and that those are just stereotypes that have been around for generations. So luckily being brought up by my father to, to give me like this supreme confidence and this pride of being Puerto Rican, it allowed me to never really be affected by those things, you know. Um, and, and it was very subcon- you know, subconscious, but I definitely, you know, when people would talk bad about Puerto Rico, I would quickly be there to get into a debate and an argument about it. You know, I never allowed anybody to to make me feel like I was lesser than or to allow allow them to talk about my people in a way that made them lesser than, you know. Um, so I, I definitely think 
instilling that pride, that confidence in where you come from is something that would be incredibly important that I would uh, look to pass down to my kids and, and my grandkids one day. And hopefully, um, you know, they would continue to pass that that tradition on, uh, you know, as they begin to have children in life as well. Man. Uh, and with that said, thank you. all I, I appreciate everybody chiming in on 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 these conversations, man. Um, I'm I'm really excited that to have this kind of dialogue and kind of have this be, you know, such a big part of what I do and, and being able to have these really authentic conversations. So, um, man, thank you. And at DJ Dramos on Instagram, if you want to be a part of these conversations, um, look at my Instagram stories. I'm always posting these questions when I'm prepping for the show, so you can be a part of the show. Um. And now I think it's time for uh, for us to kind of put everything up, wrap it up with a, a neat little bow um, and, and talk about all that we've learned uh, in a segment that I call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. All right. So this has been a very special episode to me because I feel like I'm really kind of letting you into a little bit more of my mindset um, and kind of how I've gotten to the place that I'm at right now. But I think if I really had to like try to summarize everything that we're talking about in kind of like a very short and concise way, you know, it's 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 about authenticity and it's understanding that nobody else can have a say over your authenticity, right? Like your authenticity is not there to be questioned by anybody else. Like that is is an incredibly personal thing for just you. You decide who you are, you know, you decide what moves you, you know. You decide the, the things that, that give you fulfillment in this life. And regardless of what anybody else's preconceived notions are about things, any stereotypes that exist, none of that actually matters. You know, you have to find that confidence in yourself that you have in your heart to know that the only thing that matters for you in this world is what you feel in your heart. And shit, I mean, look at fucking Jasmine Camacho Quinn. Like, think about that. You know what's flack she probably got when she was like, nah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to compete with the U.S. Uh, guys. The people she probably trained with were probably from the U.S. Olympic teams. And she's like, guys, I'm going to represent Puerto Rico. And everybody was probably like, what the fuck do you mean you're going to represent Puerto Rico? And now look at her. Like, she's a hero. You know, she's a legend because she stayed true to herself. She followed her gut. She went with her heart. She went with what she authentically was feeling. And it yielded these incredible results. Like, had she have won the gold just as another Team USA member, it would have been great. It would have been an incredible moment, but it would not have meant as much as it does for a small island like Puerto Rico who has only ever had one gold medalist before her. And that's what I say when, when I talk about like how it feels like the moment you start really embracing who you truly are and being completely unapologetically who you are and advocating for the things that you find to be very important and representing yourself to the world in an authentic way it's like that's when things really start to happen. And I know that that sounds so fucking cliche, but it is, man. It's like when you really start to begin to walk in your purpose, that's when stuff really starts to reveal itself to you. I can promise you that. Like, listen, I'm not an Olympic gold medalist, but I get to sit here talking to you, having this podcast with iHeart and Michael Tura because of this mindset, because I made a choice that this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to stand for. And these are the types of things I want to talk about. And now I get to do something like this for a living, you know? Um, before that I was just trying to fit into whatever format would get me a job and would get me, you know, that cool, uh, title of radio jock on blah, blah, blah station in whatever fucking city, nobody cares, you know, but the moment I really started diving into what was important to me was the moment I really began to start feeling fulfilled from the things that I was doing. Cause I'm doing things that I feel are important to me. This podcast is important because I'm 
advocating for a group of people like myself who who maybe have you know never felt really represented you know and any of the other platforms that i work on i'm always fighting for my people and trying to speak out on behalf of my people and, and educate my people you know um and that's my life's purpose that's my life's work at the end of the day and it feels so incredible you know when you have people reaching out to you and telling you like the impact that you're having on them and how it's inspiring them to do other things it's, it's just such an incredible feeling and man it's um it, it i'm smiling just thinking about it you know it's like my goal to leave like this incredible legacy behind of just like a trail of people that i've inspired to you know to live out their lives in a way that really makes them happy and actually makes a positive impact on others you know it's like this never it's a never-ending gift you know what i mean because if i inspire one person they might do something that inspires 50 other people you know i don't know i'm going off on a tangent a bit when i when i talk about this stuff but it, it just really is like this beautiful thing when you find the confidence to really walk in your purpose and not give a damn about anybody else's opinion um, and just be truly authentic to who you feel like you are. Um, I don't know. It's just an incredible, incredible feeling. Uh, and anybody that's not there yet, take your time. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but understand that there is more, you know, if you feel like something is lacking in your life. Or if you find yourself kind of bending to, you know, other people's standards and what they deem to be appropriate or what they see fit for you. Like, understand that there's a different way of life, you know. Um, and, and the moment you start really walking in your purpose and embracing who you are, that's the moment you really start making a real impact and real change for people. Um, so I, I highly suggest you start kind of, man, trying to figure it out if you're not there yet. It really is such a beautiful thing. But with that said, thank you guys for tuning in. Big shout out to my guest once again, Dean Huertas. Make sure you go follow him. His TikTok is popping. He always is posting really interesting conversations, um, especially if you are interested in like what all that's happening in Puerto Rico. Uh, he he definitely is super active uh, on there and Instagram as well. So make sure you go give him a follow. Um, and thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode. Stay safe. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca, o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 